Welcome to Composers On Air, a podcast presented by Music Information Center Lithuania. I'm your host, True Rozaski. We'll be hearing conversations with living Lithuanian composers who will be giving us deeper insights into their music. Vitatas Jurgutis is truly an exponent of a new type of multifaceted artist. He's a do-it-yourself musician delving into primordial depths of sound, a mathematician thinking in sophisticated routines of programming languages, a showman presenting his works in multimedia settings, doing real-time video projections, lots of interdisciplinary dance performances, an unlimited amount of innovative work. Not only a composer of solid academic background, but employing vast modernist heritage of advanced instrumental writing. With endless layers and textures of purely digital sound balanced on the edge of audibility, this style, which is a style coined by Jurgutis called Neogard, defined as sound balanced on the edge of audibility with peculiar and diverse rhythms, coming to you from Vilnius, Lithuania in a pre-recorded interview. This episode is brought to you by the Lithuanian Council for Culture and the Ministry of Culture of the Republic of Lithuania. I wanted to welcome you to this episode of Composers On Air. I've been looking forward to speaking with you for quite a long time, and in the time I've prepared to meet with you, I'm looking at the wide range of music that you've written, both in the instrumental and orchestral space, but also very deeply in electronic music. And my first question is about time. There's the time of day, seasons, or even the subtle feeling of time that when one accomplishes activities. How do you understand time when it comes to composition? Hello, True, and everyone who listening to this podcast. Thank you for a good question. I think in music we have not only horizontal, but also vertical shape or line of a time. A lot of overtones in every played note, in every written or calculated, exported note or sound. We have also additional time and space together, vertically, each nanosecond of music. Therefore, I understand and compose time as element in my music, not only as horizontal, but also vertical time vector and element. So I have option to compose few times vectors each time, each millisecond. Some musical styles dealing, for example, more with horizontal time, but others, let's say, sonoristical music dealing much more with vertical time than horizontal time. Therefore, I very like big orchestra concerts and good complicated sounding pieces because you can hear very vivid, endless, vertical times at every millisecond. Not only usual horizontal time as mainstream conception in classical music. And of course, that's why I like so much electronic music, because it's also a lot of cases when you're hearing very rich and complex vertical overtones additional time vectors every millisecond and for example in my work su 60 i try to create super complex time relationship in overtones and uh, especially in slow parts of the work and this richness of few times vectors in each uh, millisecond i think makes music so special i like in music I would say it's liveliness. I think music has much more liveliness than visual art. If we take, for example, silence movies, we very clear feel that uh, without music or visual content, uh, it misses very big level of liveliness. Therefore, I think music has, especially with visual content, maximal level of liveliness. And of course, more you have time vectors and relatively space amount, more you have liveliness.
Yeah, I love the concept of vertical time that you mentioned, especially in the context of understanding overtones and that any texture has this vertical structure of possible overtones. And when we break down overtones and understand how they're constructed, it really is a rhythmic element in the fact of analyzing the breakdown even of the first couple of overtones, you have these ratios that exist. For example, the octave being a two to one ratio and the fifth above that, the second overtone being a three to one ratio. So you definitely outline a truth that's important to understand in that this vertical understanding is actually a time-based phenomenon as well. And in context of how you view, say, the orchestra to the electronic music that you mentioned, it definitely brings about the question of audience accessibility. And I think you've had a special talent for engaging the audience and have been involved with a lot of multidisciplinary performances, including dance and many visual ideas. I wanted to ask you what you thought about audience development and how does it relate to your work? Of course, when I am composing my works, I'm thinking more or less about audience and perception. Maybe not in all my works, but in my audiovisual works, probably mostly. But in general, there is not so much ways to deal with audience attention, I think, uh, form or dramaturgy. In general, there is as cliches in uh, human perception and psychology. And movie creators and stage directors know it very well, too. So sometimes it is nice to control it and compose knowing preliminary results of perception. But it's also nice not to control it and just to do what you would like to do in some period of segments of composition. Also, we must understand that in another way how it works now, it probably will not work later after 50 or 100 years for human perception. And contemporary music, I mean, let's say not concert devoted music, has such luxury that you can do what you want to do experiments. But in my most successful works as Timeline, Metroscan, Quantonome, Optics, String Quartet, I thought about controlling of audience perception. And it was nice to work with that. And it's interesting to hear you speak about that honest freedom around creating music. Not to say that it appears that there's no concern for the audience, but that you're not thinking about the perception of the audience as a point of departure for creativity. And I almost always ask about the creative process specifically about how it works in terms of your habits and time investments. And it turns me to this area of how you relate to time in terms of needing generous amounts of time in one sitting, or can you work effectively in short time spans? In our days, when your work in any case related with computers and software, Working with Sibelius or Super Collider, Sound or Simple Door or Max, you have a lot of technical time spending. 
issues with updates, searching of new functions or tech tricks or possibilities. Therefore, it's quite hard to say where is going just pure creative work and where is going new tech discovery of possibilities and immediately creative work. Also, a lot depends on your new work idea and vision, how you see it, uh, how you hear it in your mind. But in general, I think I am creating quite fast. Of course, I like to discover new tech things, possibilities, and yes, I know I can work and develop a lot of my already discovered and created templates, let's say. But uh, to me, it's not so interesting already. Uh, the cooking of one style works is not very nice. And especially when you see such huge variety of possibilities, uh, softwares and so on. I created few acoustical things, for example, uh, pieces. Uh, and I remember that I received commission interest uh, with clear expectation to write new piece in such a piece as early created my work style but i didn't go such way this way wasn't interesting to me
Well, this definitely speaks to the variety of your output creatively, especially when we consider your involvement in all of the electronic compositional methods with unit generators and super collider or conceptual object-oriented program languages like Max MSP. And I think it really stimulates this openness to process and all of the preconceptions of convention become up for question. So it's definitely a matter of the process of reconstructing form in the way that you deliver it to the audience, but also it makes me question the relationships to performers in the process of executing it on a stage. And although you have a solid instrumental academic background working and composing for top performers, as with Ellipsis, with Arditi, many people think you're primarily an electronic composer. Um, first of all, do you think about your musical identity in these terms, or do you feel you have both worlds in your life equally? To me, maybe is not so much important description of my musical identity and how people thinking about me. I am living not for creating one time or let's say exactly my musical profile or portfolio. I created some successful acoustical works and still maybe have a little bit bigger love to electronic music. Uh, or especially electronic or digital sound and multimedia scene. And this is very public, I said in some interviews also earlier. And I'm not intentionally hiding it. Uh, and probably therefore maybe people thinking primarily about me as electronic music composer. And maybe also therefore that I'm also performing on stage my electronic music and multimedia projects quite usually. My live performances map is with main megapolis cities like a few times in Tokyo, Hong Kong, also Delhi, Taipei, a lot of Europe cities till of course New York City. So I am very happy that I can perform my music and also other composers' music, because I also played in the electronic music band, so I am very happy that I can perform my music and also other composers' works. And we even performed Steve Reich and Karl-Heinz Stockhausen, some written works, and few others, besides also band colleagues' works. Uh, also, I performed a few times acoustical music pieces. I remember one was uh, Radulescu orchestral piece where I performed some part tier two in Philharmonic stage. And one was also Steve Reich uh, City Life where I played those famous samples from New York with synthesizer in concert with the ensemble. So I am happy that I created and have all these very different kind experiences and can compare my states in them. And in conclusion, in general, I'm happy that I'm in field of music and art and can create different types of music and also sometimes perform it. Yes, it's very, very exciting, all of the openness when you start working with programming languages and especially when you think about how they connect to musical creation. And I wanted to ask you about that. For example, in SU60, which you created in C sound, as I understand, how does the programming process work with your musical ideas while you're creating? In that time when I started to work and experiment with C sound program, Computers were very slow, and in general, it was just first steps of affordable personal home computers there. It was around 1995-1996 years. Uh, this just blank white screen without any stave, no any visual graphic user interface, and this process of writing code and then running it for calculating 
and then listening music and sound as a result was and still is something absolutely magical to me. Uh, I don't like synthesizers. They seem to me old-fashioned electronic style machines. So uh, the sound was next level, which I discovered. This program was what they're looking for. You creating music from nothing, uh, no any visual musical gravity or heritage there. You creating music from entering uh, letters and numbers. It was incredibly amazing. And during that time I felt like a monk sitting somewhere maybe in some high mountains without any traditional musical surrounding. It was totally new musical universe, quite blind universe from beginning. Because no any YouTube tutors or so or similar was available. Of course I would like to say it is very wide and a very unusual way of creating compositions because you can take some functions and make composition just from those exactly some selected functions or parameters let's say from just six overtones and compose them controlling in millisecond each movement of each single overtone it is unbelievable different words from all traditional notation, all already known traditional musical programs. So after long time of learning, I decided to create piece 260. In this piece, I combined some compositional elements from very unique and very old Lithuanian special folk songs, Sutartinės and combine it with some stochastical structural principles and timbre overtones variety on top. And these realization possibilities can give me only a C-sound program or super collider program with which I worked later. Experimenting with C-sound and knowing how this program works, I would say some even programming codes gives you also compositional ideas. You starting somehow to feel how this or this code can give you such results. But in general, yes, it is totally another universe of music with thousand times bigger space for your compositional ideas for serious uh, electronic music. But it is very time consuming. It is uncompromisable musical luxury I would say. By the way, talking now about the sound, I feel that I need to return to this program and create probably a few more pieces. So like this absolutely magical music program. <laughs>
historical perspective is so interesting when you talk about electronic music, especially these days when people make assumptions about the ease of accessibility of the ideas that are presented with all of the graphical user interfaces that make things almost intuitive. But in the days that you're speaking of, I love this idea of monks practicing or meditating in a very simple way because you're approaching a structure or an intention that is electronic music. The process involved comes from something very constructive versus an assumed interface that is presented for you without any reference. So it is really coming from a non-conventional, historically simple perspective. And I really love this process that you speak about of having just a concept and using mathematical structures to make something come alive, as in your example of overtones. And whenever we talk about overtones, it does beg the question about timbre. And when you work with electronics, how do you view timbral specifications as you orchestrate the material? I mean, how can you compare this to traditional instrumental orchestration? The timbre is very important to me. I'm very sensitive to it and picky. It has such unlimited range of possibilities and it is one of the points what I like in electronic music. Because you have richness of options to choose and create which you don't have in traditional instruments and development of contemporary music I think shows that music going now more to timber development and wire to weight and to further development of harmony rules. And now whole few generations growing just on electronic music sounds and for them it is already native and natural. Later it will be more and more people who will say I think that acoustical instruments are not natural and unacceptable for the ears. Of course, I'm very precisely creating timbers practically in all my electronic music, I'm creating timbers for every piece in every case. And of course, it takes time to develop timbers, which I like. I don't like to use already made factory or installed presets. I think that in electronic music, every piece should have its own created timbers as very important identity. Of course, there is no rules in electronic music. Every time you're creating your own music rules and your own music world with own timbers. And these rules, of course, they very depends on material and idea. And it is very far from traditional orchestration. It is very easy to understand how timbre is important in electronic music. You can take, for example, original FX Twin work and compare it with arrangement made for acoustical instruments. And you will hear how big is difference and how this music simply doesn't work in acoustical instruments. Having this type of control, though, it really characterizes the complexity and the control of the complexity. I think it might be interesting to give an example. So can you tell us something about the piece Axis and how you created it? Or perhaps you could compare it to Sue 60 and it would be interesting to know something about how it is to produce an electronic project on a prestigious label. 
I remember that I started to work on all those sound program based pieces after returning from Darmstadt new music courses and I wanted to create something of course very different from what I heard in Darmstadt but in general I wanted to create at least one or few pieces entirely just with this program and it was challenge because it was very different from all traditional style of creating music. You need to find how to reflect and control your compositional ideas and fulfill it writing just program codes, letters or indexes and numbers. No traditional Western notation. After creating 260 piece, I created Axis. And there was idea to make microtonal beatings in movements and use it as kind of signal sequences uh, on more or less stable timber. Of course, the result is quite some far illusion of Sutartinus, but in principle you can recognize some elements. In general, of course, work with the sound program was very time-consuming because, as I told before, it takes years to calculate even one minute or 30 seconds of music in good uh, audio quality. And I remember that this piece, Su-60, I presented in composition master degree exam, and jury was astonished that all piece was just pages with numbers and letters and no any real standard scores with notes and Steve. That time it was absolutely unusual score and probably news about my pieces and such my electronic music style spreads. Also in that time Lithuania and Sweden had intense and good cultural relationships. I applied and received a grant to come to Visby residence for composers and work in Alphard studio in Sweden for composing new work. And there I created also a new piece, Alpha 10, which was also entirely created with the sound program and even some stochastical programs. It was created in surround system. Later I performed this piece in Lithuania and then I got news that Caprice label would like to release my solo CD, but not usual CD, but uh, hybrid super audio CD, which was very new format in, in general. So I remastered some other pieces in surround for this release. And by the way, this was first in general super audio CD in Baltics in such format. As I understood, Caprice wanted in that time to release something very advanced and sophisticated for this very new type of format. I know that later, when this disc was released, it was used in few high-end uh, hi-fi techniques stories in Vilnius for testing surround system for people who would like to buy these techniques for home.
for those in the audience that have familiarity with home theater systems, surround systems, 5.1 systems, or even 7.1 systems, the Super Audio CD is compatible with most of these systems as a format for hearing music spatialized in a 360 degree experience. So I definitely recommend that to anybody interested for electronic music and approaching an innovative spirit. I definitely see the challenge that you faced in Darmstadt because those that have been to Darmstadt have always felt that limitation of structure and almost an expectation of a formal conventional sound and having to break through that is is so admirable and just as an intention alone and it's also interesting hearing about your experiences with residencies like Visbee and also relationships with Sweden and I wanted to mention to the audience an important part of your life, which is that you also work supporting the entire contemporary music scene, working in the production of festivals. And, you know, this must be a rewarding work as you help so many composers bring their work to life in Lithuania. How does this kind of work relate to your own creative life? And how do you balance your time to make sure that you keep creating? Yes, uh, this is another my activity in which I am from 1997. So already about 25 years in festivals organizing and I like this activity too because festivals organizing field is another side of music with very different angles, quite different rules, aims. When you're working with the festival programming, you choosing composers and pieces from hundreds of promos or other sources. But in general, I see the program as one cultural musical sounding work, let's say consisting from 12 concerts as musical parts and in totally making all as one sounding work. It is very nice to find and to foresee possible new talents and make for them possibility to present their compositions, support in general composers and their works. It's also related not only with Lithuanian composers, but it's also related with international artists. I remember I invited to play Alva Noto, Ryoji Ikeda in Vilnius before they even played in Sonar Festival, after which they made already worldwide type careers. So to catch these emerging new talents and maybe even musical tendencies is very fascinating aspect of this field. Of course, working with organizing is very time-consuming work, but it is also very rewarding in a lot of meanings. You listening and knowing hundreds of works, discovering new composers and pieces, trying to find best for concept and program, and you know today musical pulses in the world see much more deeper other festival tendencies. But I cannot say that I using these knowledges when I am creating my music. It is independent, I would say. Of course, maybe with these festival organizing experiences, uh, I already have some abilities which I can even consciously reflect and describe. But my creative ideas and needs to write music arriving definitely not from organizing experiences or pieces or composers which I listen to for um, festival. Well, it sounds more like the compositional experience might strengthen the work of choosing composers for festivals and especially when you have to listen to so many examples and so many excerpts and the hundreds of submissions that you get, having that awareness of your own process could definitely make a connection, even though it doesn't seem to work in the opposite direction. The, the idea of a festival also brings to mind larger projects, which we talked about a little bit earlier, and I wanted to ask you about the work MetroScan 
And I know this has been an ongoing project and has involved a lot of international presence. Tell the audience what's new with this piece and maybe other plans with it. Metroscan was a great success with a lot of concerts in main world continents, biggest cities, capitals. Especially I'm proud with the concerts in main Asia cities where never before Lithuanian electronic, multimedia or contemporary music was performed live. But then came COVID pandemic and we all know how everything stopped for all artists with live concerts and so on. And still some countries, for example, in Asia doesn't restore active concert life and some of them are still closed for foreign artists, for example, Hong Kong or partly Japan. I'm receiving messages from organizers of those regions, also from those where we performed before, and they would like to have us again if there will be no such restrictions and will be normalization in concert life. There are plans that Metroscan will be performed this spring in festival in Vilnius, probably also in Europe next year. This work was created 12 years ago and uh, as a work in progress was updated for quite every new performance. And of course, uh, it will stay in list of my top works for a long time, I think. Also, just before pandemic, together with visual artist Václavas Nevčasauskas, we created and performed new audiovisual work Quantonom for six controlled robotic objects and live electronic and visuals. This work also must go for live performances. But I am curious to create new audiovisual works too and working in that way now. So I am looking forward. Yes, having this long-term relationship to a conceptual piece uh, sounds very, not only interesting in terms of its continuity, but in the way that it develops over time and how the world changes. And you're right, the world has changed a lot, uh, especially lately. What's in the near future for your music? How does 2022 look for you? I think this year still remains difficult in general for all. COVID seems as little going to the end, but now this terrible war in Ukraine 
and it feels not safe for all Europe in general. In this context, the art and music definitely is the heavenly place in the earth. And I hope I can stay there. I wanted to thank you so much for speaking with me today and sharing such interesting aspects of your creative life. And I look forward to seeing you in person soon. Thank you, Drew, for the questions and all the best to everyone. Mm-hmm.